Good morning. Really, really good to uh, be here and see you all. Uh, I apologise in advance because the last thing Bernard just said to me was, don't worry about time. He's not learned, has he, from the past. <laughs> should never say that to me, but um, I know it's communion. So uh, we're talking um, about being sort of God's Advent people. And the uh, piece of scripture I was given for that is 1 John 4 verse 9. I'm not going to read a bit more of the context of that. Jesus, a message of love. So let me read that and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. So the message of Christmas has got to be about love anyway, isn't it? Love Actually. Anyone like that film? We're going to come back to that. It's all good. Okay, so I'm going to read from um, uh, 1 John 4. I'm actually going to start at verse 7 and we'll go through to verse 9. So it's only a short uh, passage. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. We might live through him. That's the the bit I was picking up on uh, as I was preparing this and I was given that that verse right at the end. Um, 1967 was a vintage year. Anyone know why? Well, I was born that year. Thank you for bringing that up. But that's not, um, that's not the reason I was going to do it. So the musicians among you, Sergeant... Pe- oh, he's got there already. It's close. It is close. You are close, Phil. Well done. And um, <laughs> another great shirt. Always good. And, and, um, but 1967, there was a world first. There was a world first. It had never happened before. Um, John Lennon sung the words, there's nothing, I've got to get this right, there's nothing you can sing that can't be sung, nothing you can do can't be done, nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game, it's easy. And the, the strap line was what? Yeah, they got it well before you. I was looking at you, I thought you'd get it. All you need is love. And when you, when you think about it, isn't that the message of Jesus, really? When you look at the state of the world, all you need is love. But of course, um, we get it wrong uh, so, so much. Another song... Uh, that was number one for 17 weeks, another vintage year, was, um, I'll get this right now, 1995. There was a song that was number one for 17 weeks, and uh, even the band that sang it got so sick of it, they, they actually withdrew it from the charts. And, and, and for Andrew and I, being a significant year, it was our wedding song, so by the time we danced to it, everyone had had enough, but we, <laughs> we, we carried on. Anyone know what it, what it was? Wet, wet, wet. And what's the song called? Love is all around. Right? And it is, if you look for it. Okay? And what, what film that's a favourite of Christmas, and I've already given you a clue, is that the theme song to? Love, actually. And I'm going to do a quote um, right at the beginning of the film. I think I might have said this here before, but you're going to get it again because it's a few years. And this was the opening, uh, opening kind of paragraph to lead into the film. And it was, the, it was Hugh Grant was in the film. He was playing Hugh Grant, just the only character he can play whatever <laughs> film he's in. But he was the Prime Minister. Um, and actually probably the best one we've had for a while. Just, you know. <laughs> he says this. He said, Whenever I get gloomy about the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinions starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. Uh, 
When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. And uh, I guess you'll go home and listen to the song. And you have a picture of me and Andrea, a lot younger, uh, dancing to it on our wedding day. The only ones that dance to it on our wedding day. The world is full of blessings. Um, when you get low, and I've been there, as you know, but you know, one of the antidotes of that is to, you know, we say it, don't we? Count your blessings. Be grateful. Uh, I think someone mentioned that uh, in the service already. Having a, a grateful attitude. We've got home. Uh, we've got food. Uh, we're warm, I think. We might be, it might go down to 17 on the, uh, on the thing in our house. I don't know why it seems to get stuck above that, uh, but don't you worry, I'm working on it. Uh, I turn it down all the time. But there's also challenges. There's desperation. And out in, in the world and probably in this room, there's desperation, desperate lives, broken relationships, uh, loneliness, hurt, pain, sickness and death. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm trying to set the scene that Christ speaks into this. Without Christ, really, there is no hope. And that was your candle of last week as you approached the Advent season. But with Christ, with Christ, there is hope. There's this confident expectation. It's not the hope of the West Ham fan, right, who hopes we win and gets disappointed. It's a confident expectation that Christ will achieve the purposes for which he's called us uh, to be and do. And ultimately, death is defeated and life does go on and with him for eternity. Without him, it doesn't. But with him, there's everything. It's not a whimsical hope. He is literally, and we're going to sing it after this, he is the hope of the nations. He is the hope living in us. And the Bible says that, doesn't it? Christ in, in you, the hope of glory. Not whimsical hope, it's an assured hope. The hope of glory. Christ in you. What a privilege that is, I think. So he's the hope for the nations, which means Christians can be the hope for the nations because they go out into the world and make a difference. They're the hope of the nations. He's the comforter. He is the light in the darkness. He's the king of kings. We've been singing that as Joan led us. I was looking at this tree because I was going to say later, can we think of names? And we're all up there. You've cheated. <laughs> Son of man, king of kings, Emmanuel, the word, mighty God, prophet, wonderful counsellor, everlasting father, the true vine, I mean, it's all about Jesus. Now, I know you know that um, already, but it means if you look for it, like the song says, again and again and again, 17 weeks back in 1995 and at my wedding, love is all around. If you look for it. If you look for it. And people and the world outside these four walls need to hear that message. No better time than Christmas. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Not the West Ham hope. Not the England tonight hope. Disappointing about the Germans though, isn't it? (laughs) Sorry. Any Germans in here? Any Germans, Spanish? No? Okay. Anyway, love is all around. And the one, Jesus is the one who shows us at Christmas time just how much you, personally, you are loved. 1 John 4 verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Not in our own strength, but through him. It's all about him. Without him, we're lost. With him, we're found. And I love the lights at Christmas. Now, we've moved away from Billericay, but I sneakily stayed on a few mailing lists. One of them's this church. What a brilliant problem to have that you have car parking tickets. I, I loved it. I thought, great, it means more people are coming. So that's good. The other one, 
which is, which is like Billericay Gate. You've got Light Gate. People are moaning about the Christmas lights or lack of them. And the councillors have gone on and explained why it is. Apparently the lampposts are not strong enough. Did you read that? In Billericay. You should get new lampposts. In fact, I know that you're getting them next year because I read the whole post. So they should be better next time. But we all, like, all of us love lights at Christmas. Right? The Christmas tree. Lovely. Brilliant. We all like lights at Christmas. Lights shine. They're pretty. And when you go into a store or a church, whatever, you're looking for the lights. And, and it makes you feel better. It makes you feel warm somehow, doesn't it? Well, you're designed to shine. And not just at Christmas. We're designed to bring light, to bring blessing, to bring love, to warn sometimes as well. We all like lights, but Jesus says you're the light of the world. And you have to go shine. Oh, I've got it here now. Look, he's the good shepherd. Is that on there? Oh, you've missed one. Oh. Yeah, someone snuck that in while I wasn't looking, didn't I? I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one. So I've got good shepherd, true vine, light of the world, the way, the truth, the life, the bread of life, the door, the gate, the resurrection and the life, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. It's all about him, right? And in the beginning, John 1, was the word. And the word, and it's talking about Jesus, was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Fantastic. Brilliant. I love it. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. All the I am sayings, the one that's given personally to us from Matthew 5.14, when Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And, and we've got, he says, let your light shine. And not just at Christmas, with the pretty ones, or the lack of them down the high street, we're supposed to be shining all the time, making a difference in a dark world. Remember, remember 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. It starts with God. God is love. That's the whole theme of the service. Everything he does, the motive is love, even discipline. God is love. And if we're made in the image of God, then we've got to be about love. You're made in his image. God is love then we've got to be about love. Someone once said to me, the best description of a church is to say it's a loving church. Just a loving church. Sometimes I think it's really easy. I think this is simple. Love God, love others. Everything else is in the middle. And we can get it wrong. So it starts with God. 1 John uh, 4, 6 to 8, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And you're made in the image of God. You reflect him. You're an ambassador. You go out into the world and down the high street and it's all its darkness because the lights aren't working and you can go and shine. There's a a market on there today, so you've got lots of people. And this love, so God loves you. We heard that earlier in the worship uh, we've heard it in the word. We know that he lo- I know he loves me personally. I know he loves you personally. But this love is for giving out. Right? Because equally, and it was read earlier, John 3.16, God so loved the world. He loves me, but he loves the world out there. And I have a responsibility to speak into that world. Okay? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Love is all around. And then the verse of the day, 1 John 4, 9, again, go home with this one. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world 
that we might live through him. You're living through him. You're going out in the world through him. You're, you're, you're representing him. You're an ambassador for him. And he is love. He is love. What does love look like into the world that we're all walking around in every day, whether it's in our homes, our offices, our schools, university, church? Paul describes it, doesn't he, in 1 Corinthians 13, often at weddings uh, we bring these verses out. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Have you seen the opposite of what the world looks like outside? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. And that might sound a bit wishy-washy to you. Paul the Apostle wrote those words. Maybe they sound a little bit flowery. Maybe a bit wishy-washy, a bit soft. Dare I say not manly, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that anymore. Said it now. (laughs) Would I want to be down the pub with him? I would if it's his round, I guess. But would I want to be down the pub with him? He's ordering his white wine spritzer and the rest of us fellas having a pint. Sounds a bit like that to me. Or when the football's on tonight, he'd rather switch over and watch his recording and strictly come dancing. Or I'm going to pay Call of Duty on the Xbox and he wants dance mania. But the fact is, no person apart from Jesus himself shaped the history of Christianity like the Apostle Paul who wrote those words. Even before he was a believer, he was an influential person. He was a well-educated Jew. He didn't recognise Jesus for who he was, like the world doesn't. Uh, He oversaw frenzied persecution of Christians. He witnessed and approved the stoning of Stephen. He wanted to destroy Christianity. But he was transformed because he had an encounter with Christ. He's transformed by God to the persecutor of Christians, to a preacher for Christ. That's what God can do in your life when we have this message of love and we're overwhelmed by it. He preaches the message throughout the Roman Empire on three missionary journeys. He wrote letters to the New Testament churches, making up much of the New Testament that we know. He faced issues head on and dealt with them. He wasn't a weak person at all. He was led and obeyed God. He went on to preach under extreme danger, passionate about the message that he had, this message of love, that God loves people. God wants to save people. God wants people to be with him forever. He was passionate about it. He was passionate about the church. He travelled. He got shipwrecked. You wouldn't want to be travelling with Paul. A bit like Jonah, you know, it all goes wrong. He's beaten, probably died for his faith. Doesn't sound like a weak person anymore, does it? But he, wrote, he writes those words to the Corinthian church about love. Maybe I will have the pint with him. He's like the, the Bear grills of Christianity. Maybe he is on the Xbox after all, having a sneaky look at the football scores while he's doing it. What changed him? It was the encounter with Christ, who is love. He's motivated, motivated now by love. The love of God for him and the love of God for others. He didn't keep that love to himself. He knew that God loved the world. So we can take his word seriously. And the qualities that he, he, he mentions, I can't really do a big exegesis into all of them, there's a lot of them. But they're great qualities. And when the Bible says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, this is kind of countercultural. Like he says, be patient. I mean, Christmas time. 
I think, I don't, even as Christians, I don't, you know, go to Blue Water or, or uh, if, you're, if you're posh, or you go to Lakeside if you're not, or in South Benfleet, I pop down Spa. The various levels of, of uh, purchase power in each of those. Um, but even Christians can be a bit impatient at, Christi- uh, at Christmas. You know, we're rushing around, we're getting everything ready. Ministers, I was talking the other week, and I staffed in ministers, it's the busiest time for ministers is Christmas. There's carols coming out of your ears. You know, but they're great, but it's busy. It's busy. Um, so, patience. Uh, I, I did meet someone once. He said, in the southeast, you're rushing everywhere. He said, we don't rush like that in the north. I've got something to say about that, but I better not, because in case I've already upset the Germans, I better not do any <laughs> northerners. Um, yeah. Um, so, so, we need patience. And, and, and we need patience because Advent is about Jesus came, but he's going to come again. And we're patient in that. We long for it. Uh, but we've got to be patient. Um, not be like, we seen with Bill Music again. I'm going to give you a second chance now, Phil. Um, oh, this is easy. Who's saying, I want, oh, I want it all, I want it all, I want it all, I want it now? Phil, they've done you again. It's Freddie Mercury. You're supposed to be the expert. I'm going to ask Alan, where's Alan? He's the musician. I bet you got it straight away, didn't you? Yeah, so, you know, and we're in this kind of immediate culture, aren't we? That's why credit cards are getting maxed out. We want it all, we want it now, but let's be patient. Let's be kind. Um, you know, so many people wear the T-shirt, be kind. You know, and you see them, they're not kind. I don't want to got the T-shirt. You know, be nasty. Be nasty, that would be better on them. But kindness costs nothing. I love it when people are kind to me. You, all of you, showed me much kindness and love, and I hope I gave it back, but you... You were, you were love, you were, you are. <laughs> you are very kind. I've got me on the door after, be kind. Um, kindness costs nothing. I've got, I've got uh, this, this is, I saw this on Facebook. Facebook's brilliant, isn't it? Well, it sort of is. Um, the pictures about the Germans and the football today were really, uh, were been funny this week anyway. But let's leave them alone for now. <laughs> There was this, uh, but someone put on Facebook, they were going to McDonald's. I don't go to McDonald's often, uh, but when I do, I really, I really go. And um, so let me, let me, I've got to explain the intricacies. There's a, there's a kind of um, unwritten rules about McDonald's. You, you come in, you either go into a car park and go old school and go in and press the thing and order it yourself, or if you like me, get the cash out. They love that. Um, but if you're in the drive-through, you drive through, you're in a single queue. And for some unknown reason, it goes into two. I don't know if you've been there. And now there's two ordering stations. You're ordering, you're in the car on your own, but there's two people in that car, I should be done first. So you get your ordering and you go, and you're just about to go. And it happened to this fella, and there's a woman uh, uh, next to him, and she kind of tried to edge in, but he wasn't having any of it. It I'm the only one in the car. She's not getting before me, so he doesn't let her go. And then she, she, she waves at him in a certain way that was offensive and says words that he could make out that weren't quite nice. So he goes, he goes forward, and there's this thing about being kind, isn't there, about, you heard this, pay it forward. You heard that? Don't, don't do it, Waitrose, it's really expensive. But <laughs> come to spa. <laughs> um, so he goes to the window, and he, pay, he pays for his order, and he says, I want to pay for the lady in the car behind. How, much great, how lovely is that? What a lovely gesture. That's kindness. That's kindness, isn't it? So he pays for the lady behind him. And then you have to pull up. The next stage in it, you pull up and you get your food. So he pulls up and he's looking, he's looking in his mirror and he can see this woman going, oh. and she's probably thinking, oh, I was so nasty to him. And he's obviously a nice young man. And, 
should be kind and I feel really embarrassed and everything else. And he goes up there and he takes his food and then he takes hers. He says, let a cue again, nasty. You know? <laughs> Don't be that person. Be kind. Be kind. It doesn't envy, especially in this season. You can look around what everyone else has got. I, I find what's really helped me is practice contentment. And I do do that. Andrew has told me that two motorbikes are enough. I'm happy with that. I've not gone for more. So, no. So, don't envy. This spiritual discipline almost of simplicity. I've been working on that. It's hard. I go to throw things out and I end up buying something. I don't know how it works. But, no, simplicity. Doesn't boast. Then people won't envy. Isn't proud. Ungodly pride. It's, it's not about me. It's all about God. It has to be. I can't be too proud to say I'm sorry. Verse 5, he says, don't be rude. And this is easy stuff. I look at this and I think, it's easy sometimes. We just get it wrong, don't we? Don't be rude. I mean, do we really need to be told that? Sometimes I think God must say, and grow up. You know this stuff. What are you doing? Uh, not self-seeking. Looking out for one another. Chivalry. Not easily angered. Choosing not to take offence. Uh, forget wrongs. Don't hold on to them. People I've known as a minister, people hold on to things for years. And it literally kills them. Doesn't delight, excuse me, doesn't delight in evil. Rejoices in truth. In a time where truth seems little value, we're to be transparent. Always protects. Speaking up for the injustice. Or bullying. You know, call it out. Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I put here too many give up, but I did that. So I'm trying to be restored. So it's all good. There are many, there are too many selfish people around. And they always want what's best for them. But as Christians, as lights, you know, you are the light of the world. We're called to be different. And the people, the selfish people, they don't get their own way. They, there's consequences. They'll sulk. They'll storm off. They're angry or the silent treatment. No one likes the silent treatment. I hate it when I get the silent treatment. If I know I've done something wrong and I don't know what it is, I just have to wait it out a little bit. I'll find out about three weeks later. Do not be like them, the Bible says. Be yourselves as Christ meant you to be and because this verse this is how God showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him so sort of to finish you know we've got that, that those love verses from from 1 Corinthians but for me when I look I was speaking at the uh, Lee Road uh, in the week they had a midweek service and I spoke from Colossians 3 12 17 and for me this is the Christian character um, and they're beautiful words you know the Bible is right you can't You've got to be excited about it. So I said, someone said to me, if the Bible's boring, it's the preacher. It's not the Bible. If Jesus seems boring, he's not. It's the preacher. So hopefully you're excited. But Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people. So you're sitting here this morning, you're chosen. Straight away, you could do a sermon on that. But as God's chosen people. How about this? You're holy. It's a bit worrying. I know that I'm not perfect, but it says you're holy and dearly loved. You're holy because of what Christ has done for you, not what you've done for you. Clothe yourselves spiritually with compassion, kindness. Don't pay for the McDonald's and run away with it. Humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other. How so often churches don't do that? And we're supposed to be called to be different. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Why did the Lord forgive me? Because he loves me. And this message is about love. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. 
This is this brings tears to your eyes. Let the peace of Christ. Where's Prince of Peace? It's probably up there, and I've missed it. It's got to be down, down the bottom. Oh, and over there. Right, twice. You must really mean it. He's the Prince of Peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. There's so much angst in the world, but we're, we're blessed are the peacemakers. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, when you go out as ambassadors and you're the light shining in the darkness and you're bringing hope and you're bringing kindness, all those things, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I think what it's saying, if I wanted to paraphrase it, is live it out. You know this stuff. I know this stuff. Go and live it out. Go and be kind. Go and be gracious. He's the hope living in you. He's the comforter. He's the God of love, sometimes the God of discipline out of that love. He is the light. He is the rock. I saw a rock somewhere. Did I see rock? Have you missed rock? Oh, it's not on this one. Have you missed rock? Wayne's got a lot of work to do. (laughs) God's love is shown in Jesus to you personally, but he also loves the world, and we're called to be the light in the darkness. We're also called to love each other. That's within the church. Called to love each other. We've all had diversity. You're all different. right? You're not the same as me great um, but it's so much diversity you're not going to agree all the time you can't you, you know you're different people but you know I, I thought the worship was brilliant actually um, some worship I really was able to worship it was, it was fantastic but we're not going to be known for our worship we're not going to be known for preachers or ministers or anything else that's not how, how we're known to be followers of Jesus Jesus says in John 13 a new commandment I give you love one another it's a simple message. As, as I have loved you, so also you must. It's now an order. And sometimes love is a deliberate thing, isn't it? People can do things and you have to say, I'll choose to love them because God has forgiven me. He's forgiven me far, far worse than I need to forgive. He says, you must love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples. So not the worship, not the preacher, not the leaders, elders, deacons, church members, whatever you say, That that, that won't do it. They'll know that you're followers of Jesus if we love each other. It should be the most loving community there is because God is love and you're made in his image. And we know all the I am's and you've got them and you you can look them up. But in Matthew 16, 15, Jesus asks his followers, who do you say I am? And Peter answers, and so must, must, must we, you are the Christ. No point calling him Lord if he's not. Don't call him Lord, it's dishonouring. If he's Lord, he's Lord of everything. And we take his word seriously. So let's do and say what he teaches us and go out love within these four walls and love outside of the four walls because God is love. 1 John 4 verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So go out, let your light shine, love God, love each other, love the world and live through him. Amen. Go and do it. Bless you.